0: Who's more competitive, the godfather or Nikki G? You're gonna find out on this episode of the Inside BS Show. Hey now, I'm Dave Lorenzo, I'm the godfather of growth and I'm here with my partner, one of my favorite people in the world, Nikki G, Nicola, how are you?
1: I am excellent, how are you?
0: I am better than excellent because I'm a competitive person. Now today, we had a list of things that we were gonna talk about. And one of the things was being competitive. And you know, you and I have a great partnership because your strengths complement my weaknesses and vice versa, but we also share a lot of core values. And one of the things that we share, and I'm so glad you're on my side, is that we are both intensely competitive people. And that works out phenomenally well for you as a litigator, but tell me, When did you first realize that you were the type of person that you wouldn't get into something unless you knew there was a way you could win? Even if you knew that you would have to put in a lot of work, you would have to put in a lot of training, a lot of effort, but you saw a path to winning at the end. When did you first realize that that was who you were?
1: Oh, gosh. Young, very young. Before my head could fit into an official sized helmet, right? I was involved in competitive sports. I love competition in any way, shape or form, whether it was in sports or it was in academics, you name it. I just really love being a competitor. It's something that I've always had and I've just carried forward with me in life.
0: Have you ever been so competitive that it either, uh, I don't wanna say ruined, but it like damaged a relationship or you had to go back and do some damage control to a relationship because you were so competitive?
1: Nothing stands out to me, but look in the moment, yes, you realize that competition can get the best of you and maybe you're, you're having a spirited conversation with someone and you go a little too far. You know, that's, that's something you have to recognize that can happen if you really are a competitive person. How about you?
0: Um, so my competitive drive comes from my dad. And uh, growing up playing sports in the backyard with my dad, as a little kid, my dad would crush me. Every sport we played, whether we played basketball in the driveway or my dad would come out and play uh, two-hand touch football with the neighborhood kids with me when I was playing. Like my dad would jump in the game and play and he would play just as hard and try to beat all the seven and eight-year-old kids. We would go bowling and my dad would crush me in bowling. When my dad taught me to play tennis, he would crush me in tennis. And his idea was that it wasn't about him winning, it was about teaching me to go as hard as you can every time you play or don't play the game. And that was always his philosophy, and that philosophy became part of who I am. Now, here's the interesting thing about that, right? I, as I got older, started to learn that when you do that with people in a friendly game, like you're trying to, you know, crush them, They tend to take it personally and they don't wanna be your friend, right? So as I became older, when I got to be like a teenager, for example, and we would play um, hockey on frozen ponds or we would play pickup basketball in high school and stuff, I had to start throttling back that competitive energy because it would aggravate people and that, and that would extend beyond the game. People would think I was a jerk and it was just me being competitive, right? So all through high school, other than playing sports in high school against other teams, then I would just let it fly. But, you know, in intramurals or playing pickup sports with my friends, I would rein that competitive drive in, even though I was trying to jump out of my skin because I didn't want to offend other people. I didn't wanna piss them off, even in like, contests, like academic contests. Like I, I won every science fair from like first grade through eighth grade. Right. And it pissed everybody off that I was winning all the science fairs because we would put in all kinds of time and effort in those projects. Everybody would get aggravated because we would take, I would take it so seriously. I would make my parents buy me all this stuff so that I could win. So I started throttling that back. But guess what happened? I became an adult. And at work, I would start to throttle that competitive energy back until I went to work at the Gallup organization, right? So this is, now, by the way, when I when I ran a business for Marriott and I opened hotels and stuff, I would be competitive with my competitors and I would eat their lunch and steal market share and go nuts. And that's part of what made me successful. But internally, I would always moderate that behavior. But Gallup had this thing where they were encouraging us to soar with our strengths and they did psychometric testing on us And my number one uh, strength was that I was in the 99th percentile in competition. Okay. So they have, we had people who are psychologists were on my team and they would tell me you need to leverage that because that'll make you the best at whatever you do. So don't suppress it anymore. Go nuts, go crazy for it. And, when I first started out, they would pair us with someone who was a, a counterpart. So I was the partner, I was supposed to launch the New York market and they paired me with somebody who would kind of help me find consultants and help me uh, bring people onto the team. I went through like two or three people, two or three of those internal people because nobody wanted to keep up with me. Nobody could stand how competitive I was until I finally met a guy named James Rappanack. And James and my partnership became legendary because he was the only person who could tolerate how competitive I was. So it was one of those things where I had tried to rein myself in for my entire career until somebody finally told me it's okay to do this. It's okay to be like this. And then after I realized that kind of the sky was the limit. Hey, Nikki G, did you know you can also get our show as an audio podcast?
1: Of course I know you can get the show as an audio podcast. I'm on it,
0: but does our audience. I don't know. So those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts with. Just search up the inside BS show with the Godfather and Nikki G and you'll find us right there. Click the follow button so that you never miss a show. Now there's a couple of reasons why you're going to want to do that. Nikki G tell them what the first reason is.
1: You get to ask us questions. That is exclusive to our podcast listeners.
0: Yeah, we only answer listener questions on the audio version of the podcast. We don't do it on video. So if you wanna hear what everyone's thinking or if you wanna ask us a question, you gotta download the audio podcast. The second reason and my favorite reason is because you can take us with you. You can have a little Nikki G in your pocket while you're working out in the gym, washing the dishes or walking the dog. I love me some Nikki G in my pocket when I'm walking the dogs. I don't know about you, Nicola, but that's one of my favorite things to do. Absolutely. Take us with you. After you watch this episode here on YouTube, go to wherever you get your podcast, click the follow button so we can go with you on your journey and you can ask us questions. We will see you or more like hear you there. So I asked you, you know, have you ever had a relationship that was damaged because of it? I had a ton of relationships that were damaged because of it because nobody wanted to be around me because I was so driven to win.
1: You know, law school reminds me of the experience you're describing because it's really set up to be competitive, especially that first year, right? Your marks matter, why? Because the top of the class will have the best opportunities for internships when the first year ends. And you're at the top of the rankings, now you also open up opportunities to be on law review or to be on the moot court team and to get experience in those spaces. So it is very competitive. It breeds competitiveness. And so you have to be competitive. I think it draws a lot of individuals who are competitive by nature to that profession. But to your point about having to scale that back, at some point, you also have to realize if I am too competitive, my classmates will not want to be friends with me. I will not be able to form lasting relationships with them. That matters. That matters, especially when you're out of law school and now you're practicing. There is a, a large value on relationships with other attorneys. And I don't think that it's really appreciated as much with students who are just starting out in law school and thinking about their future that the relationships you make in law school and those years after are going to be relationships that you will have for the rest of your life. Lawyers really rely on each other for good advice, for referring business to each other. And so you have to be able to scale the competitiveness back. You can be competitive, but you can't do it to the point where you hurt relationships and you will hurt relationships if it's too much.
0: I don't have I don't have the ability to do that anymore. I, I either I either am striving to be the best at whatever I'm doing or I don't enter the game. That I don't I do not have the ability to moderate my competitive nature. And you'll see it, you and I see it all the time in Provisors, right? And what that does is it either attracts or repels people. So you and I have people that hang around us because they love to be with a winner. They love to be with the people who are the best. And they want to learn from the people who are the best, the people who are the most driven, right? Those are great folks. And I love to hang around with them. And I share all my secrets with them because I'm thrilled to enable the success of someone else. And that's a really nice marriage of my competitive nature, but it also spawns a ton of haters. And I love the haters. I absolutely love them. You know why? Because I wake up every day looking to crush them. So there are people who are gonna be listening to this podcast right now. There are people who are gonna be watching this, and they're gonna be thinking to themselves, I can do a better show than that guy, or I'm better at this than that guy, or, We're going to be better at building a provisor's group than those two. And you know what I say to you, if you're thinking that I say, bring it on, because what you're going to do is you're going to bring out the next level of competitive drive in me while you're sleeping. I'm working while you're out with your family. I'm working while you're thinking about doing something else. I'm working. So all of you out there who think that you're going to take over the top spot, I wish you the best because I'm here and I'm waiting and that's just who I am. You either love it or hate it. And it's just the competitive nature in me. You know, I got into provisors and when you and I first sat down to have a conversation, you said, what do you, what is your goal for our group? And I said, my goal for our group is to be the number one group in in the entire uh, in the entire community. I said, we're going to have the most people, we're going to have the best quality people, and we're going to do it in a year. And we did it in six months. But, you know, we did it because of you and me working together. I got into Vistage, and my Vistage chair, the guy who runs my Vistage group, said, you're a good speaker. It would be great for your business if you went and started speaking. And then when they did the speaker orientation, they told me that there was some kind of a criteria where... Uh, you could actually win speaker of the year. And I looked at the woman and I said, okay, so what do I need to do to win speaker of the year? And she laughed and she told me, and I won speaker of the year my first year as a, as a brand new speaker out of 1,100 people. So, you know, I, that's just who I am and that's how I'm wired. And you know, it's it's like a magnet. It, one side draws people to you, the other side repels people and it pushes them away. I think you're a little bit more rational your approach to your competitive nature, although it's just as strong as mine, you're a little bit more rational, right? You moderate it a little bit, I think.
1: I think a little bit, but I also just don't project as much outward. So there's a lot of competitive. Yeah, and drive that, in by there. the way, that drives <laughs> me
0: that drives me nuts. I, I wish you would project a little bit more. <laughs> nope.
1: I want you to underestimate me. That's the best, right? It's you don't see it's coming and then you're getting swept away by it. Yeah. I don't need to talk a big game. It's okay to do that. Not my style. So I think we have different styles in that regard. But who's the first person to sign up to build the best group and the most recognizable group in provisors? You know, you're looking at her. I was. Because I said, I want to be part of the winning team. I love this, I love competition. But I will, I will add this point, Dave, which is competition actually makes everyone better, right? It does in business, it does in sports. If you don't have excellent competitors, you then you, you'll, you'll be the best, but you can't keep pushing yourself to the next level. I think at some point you kind of level off. Competition helps you keep on pushing forward and getting to new heights. So I I encourage competition. I think it's great. I think it's great in in professional spaces. I think it's great for business.
0: Uh, So two quick stories that I'll tell you. um, I'm gonna retell you because I'm sure, I'm I'm almost positive you heard these stories before, but the people who are listening or watching, they haven't heard them. So uh, I was a ProVisors member in Chicago and the announcement went out that they were opening uh, a ProVisors region in South Florida where I live Okay, there was no ProVisors region there. And so I met with the person in ProVisors who's, um, I guess the best way to describe her is she's a mid-level manager, a paid employee of ProVisors. And I told her that I had been in this market in South Florida at the time it was 13 or 14 years told her that I had a bunch of professional relationships, told her that when I first started down here, I worked exclusively with lawyers, so I have a lot of lawyer relationships, and that's 60% of the provisors community. And I told her that I was a driven person who was going to do everything he could to make sure that that the region, if it was a new region, was successful. And this woman said to me, well, that's great. I think you would be a great candidate to be a group leader in South Florida. And then she turned around three months later and picked two other people and not me. And she and the new regional director got on a Zoom call with me and they said they were having an open house and they asked me if I would come and support them. And I said, absolutely not. I will not come and support you because I can't believe that you didn't see the value in bringing me on. And I said, I'm intensely competitive and the fact that you think these people would be better for this role than me is just not something I'm gonna be able, and they told me they wanted me to be uh, like the group leader associate, the number two in one of these groups. And I said, no, I can't do that. I can't, I'm not the kind of person that has depth of relationship in the market that's ever gonna be anybody's number two in my home market. That would be like telling LeBron James on his home court that he's not starting, and I just wasn't gonna have it. So time and that by the way that bridge was burnt this person hated me and they continue to this day to tell people that story you know little do they know I'm telling the story too but from the other side so the region opens up and I guess they they were successful but they thought there could be more success so the third group uh, is ready to be open and the regional director who's sharp and has a mind of her own decided that she, and she's intensely competitive, decided that she was going to take a chance. And she took a chance on me and we blew the doors off. And I don't miss any opportunity at corporate gatherings to walk by the person who passed me by and look at her with side eye, wondering why she still has a job. Because she has such poor judgment but that's beside the point, And maybe that's just my competitive nature talking, but I will tell you this, that person who told me that I wasn't good enough to be a group leader, did me and did her company a huge favor because no one was more motivated to crush that goal than Dave Lorenzo. No one was more motivated to build the biggest group, the fastest than, than me. So, you know, maybe, maybe it was a brilliant strategy. Maybe it was a brilliant strategy because it worked out well for everybody. What do you think, Nikki G?
1: For our listeners out there who are thinking, this guy is crazy. Let me tell you this, right? The, the situation you describe. right, is having that person tell you basically, uh, you know, we don't know that you can do this or there's someone out there who can do this better. Is, it, it's, it's that competitive talk. And you know who used a lot of that to have his best games is Michael Jordan. So there are there are other people who are at the top of their field or for him, you know, the top of the NBA who feel off of that competitive spirit and you use that in a way that helps you achieve excellence. It's not a bad thing.
0: <laughs> let me Let me be clear, I'm not the person who sits in a room full of my peers at group leader meetings and sits there and says, I'm the best what will bring it out in me is when somebody who has 20 members or 25 members starts to give advice to somebody else. And the advice they're giving is a bunch of crap. And I look at them and I go, how does that, how has that worked out for you? Show me the results. And that's the thing that I love to do the most is in a competitive situation, you'll never hear me say things like I just said on this show in a competitive situation. I'm just going to show you the results. You know, here's the grade I got on my paper. You know, if you think you can do better, let's see what you can do. That's all you got to do is just point to the results at the end of the day. So I love to tell that story because every time I tell that story, it fires me up even more. So right now we're gonna do 20 more podcast episodes today because I am so fired up. I wanna have the best, I wanna have the number one business podcast on, uh, on iTunes or whatever it is now, Apple Podcasts. I wanna have the number one podcast for business people on Spotify. I'm driven to do that. And telling stories like this absolutely fires me up. If you've ever heard Mark Cuban talk, right? When Mark Cuban gives advice to people on Shark Tank, you never hear him say, well, I'm the best at this and I'm a billionaire. It turns out Mark Cuban on the Shark Tank panels, even with these guest sharks, Mark Cuban is worth the most out of anyone on Shark Tank, with the exception of when they have like Richard Branson on, Mark Cuban is the most successful person they have on Shark Tank. And you never hear him say anything like that, like I just said, until somebody challenges him. And then the minute somebody challenges him, it's exactly like that moment you just saw with me where he jumps out of his skin and he goes, when when, you, you don't get to say that until you do this, until you do this and until you do this. Right. And his mantra about like intellectual property protection is one where he's not going to sue somebody who violates his intellectual property rights. He's just going to innovate faster than they can copy. And that's his thats his entire mantra and it's driven by his competitive nature. So, you know, you saw what you saw there and it wasn't pretty, but that's who I am.
1: It's healthy competition. There are a lot of people out there, Dave, who are motivated by people challenging them. It, it ignites the competitive spirit in you. This is why we work well together. We're both very competitive, but again, it can be used effectively and that's exactly what we're doing here.
0: It's healthy for me, not gonna be healthy for them.
1: If you enjoyed today's show, please watch or listen to another episode of the Inside BS show. I'm Nikki G and you are?
0: I'm the godfather of growth and I'm coming for you. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Bye.